part of systems is to realize every system creates another need for another system. And all system-oriented businesses have to have someone in systems because it's the hardest part about a business is knowing what an employee should be doing when this or that happens. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, In addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. When we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record, but we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, he's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we built a relationship with him in Eastern Union funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals. And people who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've, the deal you've got And assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, All you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, But besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com and his phone number 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And first off, hope you're having a best ever weekend because today is Sunday. We got a special segment for you called Skill Set Sunday, where we're going to talk about a specific skill that can help you with your real estate endeavors. And that specific skill is how to scale your company. And in particular, if you are a wholesaler or whole tailor, especially a whole tailor, then this will be relevant to you because we've got Michael Quarles on the show today, and he's going to talk to us about how he has done that. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. Well, my pleasure. Nice to have you back. And you recognize Michael's name because you're a loyal best ever listener, and you heard episode number 72. Wow, it's like 1,500 or so days ago. I don't know what episode this is airing, but 
about 1,500 days ago, I interviewed Michael. The episode is titled, Why Wholesalers Wholesale Houses is Beyond Me, and then interviewed Michael, episode 564. The title for this one is a little provocative, How a Murder House Turned into a Deal. Not sure if that's politically correct or not, but that's what the title is. And we're going to talk today about how you have turned your virtual wholetailing business into a system and how you've got a complimentary company. So you want to catch us up to speed first with your background just a little bit so we have some context as a refresher, then we'll get into it. Sure. I fell in love with dirt as an adult teenager. Gosh, I'm 56 and that was when I was 19. So you do the math a long time ago and it's been fun. So I'm a general building contractor in California, a real estate broker in California, and I buy a bucket load of houses. And the cool part about my houses that I buy is I never see them. So I never knock on the front door. I never grasp the hand of the seller. I don't say hello to the closing company or the escrow company. All I do is look at the check that goes into the bank account. And that's the cool part about real estate investing to me. How do you buy houses without any of that stuff? It all starts with marketing of one form or another. I'm a big fan of direct mail and a big fan of pay-per-click. Not so much of a big fan of the other digital marketing out there, but those two drive someone to call me. And then we have an Alex and Ryan and Angel system. So Alex's answer the phone. And Alex's are typically female, although they could be a male because an Alex is a dual name. And they ask a series of questions. These gals are in their 20s. They've never bought a house, never wanted to buy a house, never imagined buying a house or being an investor. We have just trained them to follow a script. They ask a certain amount of questions a certain way. The response then takes it to either a follow-up cycle or a Ryan, which starts the negotiation cycle. The Ryans negotiate for cash or moderate terms. If we find that moderate terms won't work for us or the seller, we may get some advanced terms and those go to the angels. And again, all of these people are young adults who have never bought a house for themselves Never intended to buy a house. However, through systemization, we can put someone in a chair and in four hours, they can make appointments for someone to buy a house. And we buy one pretty much every day. Now, that doesn't mean we close on one every day. That means we put one under contract based upon the assumptions that we have with the seller and their answers to our questions. And then once we have an agreement to purchase, we then go out and hire a realtor. We get a broker's price opinion for $150. It's kind of cool because that person will go out to our house no matter where it's at in the country, take pictures of the inside and the outside, do a market analysis, tell us what it will sell for today in the as-is value, what it will sell for in the market conditions in 30 days, and what the possible repairs will be to take it to an ARV model. We never consider ARV. However, we're wanting that BPO. From there, we get a home inspection. That home inspector is going to tell us what's wrong with the property, and that just justifies what the seller has told us or doesn't, one or the other. And then from there, we're going to get a a full-pledged appraisal from an appraiser in the marketplace. And then ultimately, we're going to get a preliminary title report that shows us who the seller is and making sure that the person that signed our contract can actually sell us the property. Cost me about $1,000, and I can get that done in a week. So within a week of contract, I can now determine if, in fact, I want to fall forward and buy the house. The moment I buy the house, then I'm going to start marketing the house. And it's a good plan. And I like it because let's face it, I'm buying a house at 65 cents on the dollar. The realtor in each of these markets, they're working for 6%. 
So I'm going to let them work for 6% and let me work for 35%. And I know 35% is better than six. And they're going to be my boot on the ground. I rely upon them greatly. I don't get emotionally involved in determining value because we're all systemized. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a cool approach. Now, with that, I keep saying systemize. That's the big part of it. I'm a big fan that if you have a good system, the system should be better than the person utilizing the system. Mm-hmm. So we're not looking for superstar folks. We're looking for superstar systems. And it just works for us. You said 65% loan to value, right? Is what you look for? Well, I'm sorry, 65% of as-is value. Of as-is value. So you're really working for... 29%, not 35%, right? Right, because I'm going to subtract eight and a quarter percent because that's what my costs are from the realtor fees and the double close fees. So I'm going to oh. have two, two title policies, two escrow or closing fees, two transfer taxes, typically, those kinds of things. And that's eight and a quarter of the 35. So now I'm at 6.5. And I don't mind that. If anybody wants to argue that point, I can argue it, but it's a great number to me. A couple follow up questions. You said Alex answers the phone and asks questions and then they either follow up or they pass them along to Ryan who negotiates for cash or moderate terms. If you need to do advanced terms, then they go to an angel. What are moderate terms versus advanced terms? An example, uh, moderate terms might be a subject too. So let's assume for a second I'm buying a $100,000 valued piece of property for 65000 I have a $50,000 underlying mortgage that I'll take sub two and I'll give the seller 15,000. In advanced terms would be mixing seller financing, sub two financing. Maybe instead of a seller carry back, we'll do a wrap. And that's a little bit advanced for Orion, not advanced for us, but it's an advance for Orion. So the angel gets involved. And uh, as an example, to kind of put this in physical terms, the script for the Alex is 16 pages long. Because every time the Alex asks a question, depending upon the answer, they have to now go with that answer. So they have a series of questions based upon that answer. The Ryan script is 23 pages long. The angel script is a book. So it's many, many pages because every possibility has another possibility. So if I'm gathering seller financing on a one pay on a 15-year note, a Ryan's not going to do that. And when you look at substitution of collateral, when you're looking at first right to purchase the loan, if they indeed sell the loan to an underlying market, when you look at some of those terms, the angels are going to get involved in those terms. Really, we'd never want to do a subordinated deed unless you're going to fix and flip it or you see something that you have to rectify prior to sell. But in our model, we rarely, if ever, do anything to the property. The most we'll do is trash out. Most of the time, we're not even doing that. So we're buying it as is and selling it as is. With the Angel team members, my initial thought is having a whole book as your go-to reference guide is going to obviously educate them and give them some competitive advantages if they were to then go do this themselves. So my question is, do you have a higher degree of turnover with the Angels compared to the Alexes and the Ryans? No, because the Alexes start from a tip serve. What's tip serve? Temp serve like a temp. Oh, temp service. I thought you said tip. Temp service. Got it. So they're going to work for us for 700 and I think it's 67 hours as an employee of somebody else. And when they're done with that, we'll graduate them onto our payroll. Our Ryans are born out of our Alexes. 
and our angels are born from our Ryans. However, to answer your question, keep in mind, these are young adults who never wanted to be a real estate investor. They're not entrepreneurial minded. They're your average individual out there that wants to put widgets in order or stock shelves or whatever the mundane thing in life that some people enjoy doing. That's their mindset. So they're very, very happy at what they're doing. They don't want to go out there and be an investor. And I invite every one of my coworkers to be an investor in my marketplace. Some of them take me up on it. Some of them choose, no, they don't want to do that. And I'm fine either way. So I believe in an abundance and prosperity mindset. So I can't lose what I don't have. And all I can do is help someone gain what they don't have. What's the compensation range for each of those three positions? None of them are working over $16 an hour. However, on each transaction, they get a different split of the transaction. So where an Alex may get $50 for a closing on a set appointment, an angel might get $1,000 on that closing of that contract, if that makes any sense. And then the Ryan's in the middle of that. But then I also share with my transaction coordinators and my lead negotiators that are helping with this workflow. In fact, my share is less than 50%. So I share the majority of the deal with my coworkers because I believe in that. And I believe if you pay your folks well, they'll stay. And then if you pay them well enough, then they can buy a house and they can really enjoy the benefit of being in the real estate business, which like I said, some of them take me up on it. Are they remote employees? No, they're all here. So I get to say hello. I bought 26 McDonald's sandwiches for breakfast this morning and I gave each one of them one. I like it. I shake their hand. I ask them how they're doing. We have an environment here at my office. We have about 7,000 square feet. We're just a big family. So there's a room that has a TV, a room that has a pool table in it, a room that can play Atari. They have a full kitchen. You got Atari? I guess I don't do it. It might not be Atari. Maybe it's it's PlayStation. (laughs) What they're doing, like they go in there and they sit there and they play these guitars and it shows on the white yeah, screen yeah, yeah, yeah. and I have no clue what they're doing. Okay. So I think that you have to appreciate folks that you work with. And I never like being considered the boss. I hate that word. To me, it's a slave term. So I never want anybody to believe that they're that. So we just get along. We have fun. Is it for everybody? No. We find that an Alex, as soon as an Alex starts trying to figure a better way to do it, they're no longer an Alex. They can't be an Alex anymore because we're not looking to change something that's working really great. Now, with all that said, again, it's system driven. As an example, when my phone rings for an Alex, it knows who's calling them. Our phones are built into our CRM. So our CRM pops up as soon as that phone rings, they can hit the correct form that they need to start filling out based upon the type of call that's coming in. And it's seamless. So all of the communication, be it telephone, email, texting, web forms, any of the communication that we have with our prospect is seamless inside of our CRM. So we never lose data. And then it's all campaign driven. So as an example, when an Alex answers the phone and they go to the Alex script and they don't make an appointment for the Ryan, as they close out of that call, it will initiate a series of campaign items. One will be an email back to that seller. One will be a text and one will be a call follow-up. We send 29 emails, we send five texts, and we call them on 3, 5, 7, 10, 15, 30, 60, and 90 as follow-ups. 
And our system drives all of that stuff. It's all calendar-based. So if the call doesn't come in, they have a call to make out because we know that we make seven calls for every inbound phone call on average. And the system works great. One of the things I like about it, and it took us quite a few years to put it together, is I can take someone that doesn't know anything about answering a real estate phone and in four hours train them to follow the script. So if, if my workload gets heavy, I just call my temp serve. And tomorrow I'll have a, a person that sits in that chair. And I like that. And then if I go to a new market, I can turn that marketing on. So I can turn my direct mail on. If I go to Florida, I can turn pay-per-click on. If I go to Florida, I'm in California. So I can market all over the United States and have a pretty good water faucet business. How do you do that four-hour training to get them up and running that quickly? They mirror. So they sit in a chair with a trainer and they're both on the phone. So the trainer starts the first hour, shows them the system, but then they start listening to the trainer answer the Alex calls. And slowly that trainer starts letting them take the call. And now the trainer's listening to the calls that are coming in. Mm -hmm. So that's basically we have two operators on the same call. The prospect doesn't know there's two operators on the same call, but that's our learning curve where we can talk to the ear of a new Alex without the seller hearing that communication going on. So if an Alex asks the question the wrong way, the trainer can say, this is how you ask that question next time kind of thing. And then everything is recorded. And I'm a big believer in our business model today where consumers are okay with being recorded. So we play, this call is being recorded on outbound and inbound calls. So everything's recorded. We use that for training purposes and for reward purposes. So as many times as we have to use them for training, we can use them for a reward because they do a great job. With the comment you made about if Alex is looking for a better way to do things, they're not an Alex. Does that mean they're now Orion or does that mean they're out the door not getting any McDonald's sandwiches in the morning? Right. They're out the door. One of the biggest issues that real estate investors have is they try to do it the way they think it should be done. Here's the analogy. You have a, a Formula One race car. You take the right front tire off of that and you put it on a stock car. And then you have a big truck. You one of those big trucks that smash stuff at the fairgrounds. You take the left front tire and you put it on that race car. And then you take a motocross tire and you put it on one of the back tires. <laughs> that car's not going to go down the road, right? Right. Well, when someone starts trying to manipulate the systems, we know that, that their mind, as good as it is, they might make a great entrepreneur, but we're not looking for great entrepreneurs in the Alex role. We're looking for a person that enjoys putting the widgets in a row, whatever that is, the task that they have to do, whatever that is, that they enjoy that. And we need those people in life. Mm -hmm. With your company, I believe you have a complimentary company that ties into this. Is that correct? Yeah. For the longest time, we used to use a texting service for all of our texts. So we use a, one of our marketing media types is short code. So we used a texting company. We use emails and we use a phone, naturally. We use a CRM. And those were all separate types. So we had to parse all the data together or use other programs to put it together and sometimes just manually put it together. Well, we created call text. And with call text, it is a CRM that inside of that CRM has a phone service, a texting platform, an email platform, all of the web forms, all of the scheduling forms. Anything you need to do to manage a business it's all inclusive. So now when we look at a history with a prospect, 
we don't lose data. We know exactly how long it takes from the time a seller calls to the time on average we'll get a contract and how many communication pieces we'll have to have with that person. Where in the old days, we were fighting technology. Well, we spent about three years solving for it. And people can utilize Caltex. It's out there, 19 bucks a month. So for us, it works great because, again, it manages the transaction. So when the Alex hits the form, when a call comes in to ask and answer all those questions, it just pops up. We don't have to do anything. It's all inside, embedded in the system. And we can buy a lot of houses this way. The worst thing that we can do as real estate investors or any business owner type out there is write something down and not remember where we wrote it or write something down and forget about it or write something down and not remember why we wrote it down. Because the cost of having that phone ring in the first place, everybody should know the cost of that phone ringing and everybody should know the value of that phone ringing. So there's a cost and a benefit. So if it costs $200 to get the phone to ring, but you make 4,000, you would want to spend $200 as many times as you can. Mm -hmm. When you spent it, you'd want to make sure that you captured it correctly and you did something with those leads that is appropriate. So we develop call text. What's the challenge that you've come across with developing a company like Coltex? The hardest part, because it wasn't out in the world, there were CRMs and there were telephone companies and there were email companies and texting companies, but no one had put it all together. So the biggest challenge is to figure out how you could put it all together because a phone works differently than an email and a text platform works differently than a phone company, even though they're similar. And of course, then CRMs and then inside of your CRM, what do you need your CRM to do? As an example, I use my call text to schedule appointments that people want to talk to me. They can go and use my exterior calendar to schedule a time to say, hello, Mike. I use it for all of the web forms. So if you go to the website and you want to sell your house, you can fill out a form. If you go to the website and you don't want to fill out a form, you don't want to pick up your telephone and call us, you can go and do website chat. Like we all know chat nowadays where you want to know more information about the product you're looking at. You can just hit the button that says help and now talk to someone live. I've bought two houses this year because of chat. I would never think that chat would buy a house, but we have to have the communication style the prospect is wanting to use. That's our job. So as an example, our short code is 818181. So if you text house to 818181, you'll instantly get back a thank you text onto your cell phone. I have now captured your information because you've opted in. You're going to get another text that sends you to a web form. You're going to fill it out and say, this is the address and this is my contact information. Once you do that, now you're in the series of touching you back with emails and texts and phone calls. And I have yet to touch you as a human being during that process. Well, we just have to utilize those things because we know that if you go anywhere, most people are using their phone to text. They're not using their phone for phone. So we have to have that ability as well. So we just built it all in. Anything else as it relates to creating a company and creating systems that we haven't discussed that you think we should in the last couple minutes? Yeah, the biggest part of systems is to realize every system creates another need for another system. And all system-oriented businesses have to have someone in systems because it's the hardest part about a business is knowing what an employee should be doing when this or that happens. And as you start building your systems, you start someplace and then you go back up because you realize, well, there needed to be a system before I started this system and there's going to be a system after it. So it's all system-oriented. Read the book, E-Myth. It's a great book to get you started on the mind frame of systemization. 
and they have some EMIT masteries and those kinds of things. There's some programs that you can go through to learn systemization. The reality is a system is a check and a balance, and you have to write a system in a way that anybody you wanted to that sit in a desk could follow it without knowing where they're going to. That's the system. So if it takes a personal intuitiveness to know what they're doing, that's the wrong system. The system has to answer all of the questions for the person. And once you have that system in place, then your business can multiply. It can have exponential growth. The truest type of passive income is exponential growth. And although I'm not a passive income earner, I have passive earning businesses because I'm a massive earner and I can predict the result through the systemization. And without Caltex, I couldn't have done it. You decide to walk away from your business as soon as our interview is over and you never step foot back in the door of your company. How long does your company run without you? It's always the ego involved in that question. My ego is going to say, tomorrow I have to come back. The reality is if I stop the ego issue, it should run as long as it should run. Meaning as long as there's a person managing the system, that's going to run forever. It's the truest type of business. And I haven't talked to a seller in years. I get reports. I think there's 12 questions you should get a day kind of thing. So I get reports about what we did today, but I'm not involved in doing it today. And my goal in my life today is to help the person that I have yet met. So that's what I get excited about. And knowing that I have people that are following procedures, allowing me to do that's a great thing. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? MichaelQuarles.com kind of tells my story and then it shows all the companies that we have. And I'm pretty open. If anybody has a question, they can always reach out. And we had a short period of time to talk about 35 years or so of, <laughs> so there's a lot to it that I, I would hope that everybody wants to push themselves to doing things on purpose. Last thing, if I could, before we run out of time, please. There was a change that happened this last year, and I always try to share this change in life. And this last year, I decided to stop using four words, want, help, need, and wish, and replace them with the word require. Because I think a lot of people that want to become successful get rid of the J-O-B. They hope they can, they wish they could, they want to, they need to, but they don't necessarily require it. Mm -hmm. And when we start requiring action, then success happens. So if people could change their mind frame and just say, I'm going to get out of the bed today and I'm not going to hope I go to the gym. I'm not going to hope I cold call for two hours. I'm not going to wish I could go out there and meet 20 people that I don't know. I'm going to require that I do these things and success will come a lot faster. Yes. I've heard it phrased similarly where if we hope for something, just think about and feel the feelings that we feel when we hope for something Versus when we expect something to happen. It's just a different feeling, different mindset. and There's a lot of fear when you hope something will happen. Yeah, little butterflies in your stomach, that sort of thing. But when you inspect it, it's like, all right, let's make this happen. I will make this happen. It reminds me of shoulds versus musts. Tony Robbins talks about that. What are your shoulds? Is it a should or is it a must? Yep. It's a different mind frame. And people wouldn't be listening to you if they didn't want to become super successful and oriented. They just wouldn't spend the time trying to change their mind frame. And it's a little exercise that's easy to change. Although, as Tony Robbins said, till the pain of changing is succeeded by the pain of not changing, one won't change. Right. So it has to hurt, but it has to hurt more if we don't. Yep. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Very practical advice as well as you went conceptual too, which is practical, but it's also good to work on our mindset. But from a nuts and bolts standpoint, love the details that you got into with the Alex, the Ryans, and the Angels on your team, how you structure the training for them, how you compensate them, how you structure your company and how it flows from one to another and then the way you have complimentary business too that you launched because you saw a need. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email, That's toughdecisions.net.